Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God. Come on, are you glad um, that we are doing this series? I, I love this series that we're in, legendary, legendary. We're talking about legendary faith. We're talking about faith, because I'm believing, and we're believing as a staff that, uh, that we are getting ready to experience God move in our church, move in our city like we've never seen before. You know, fall is coming, and I'm, I'm from the South. By the way, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Trey. I'm one of the, uh, one of the guys on staff here at Citizens, and uh, I come from Mississippi, from the dirty South. Come on, somebody. Uh, fall's a busy time for us in the South. It's harvest season. It's harvest season, and, and harvest isn't something that's just in the natural, but it's in the supernatural as well. It's not just in the physical, it's in the spiritual. And we're believing that this fall, we're gonna see God bring a harvest into our church like we've never seen before. We're believing that God's gonna move, amen, Jesus' name, she felt it. We're just believing, we're believing that, we're believing that God's gonna move. We're believing that hundreds and hundreds of people are gonna come into our church. Hundreds of people are gonna have their lives changed forever. Do you believe this with this church? We're just believing that God's gonna move in an incredible way. But we gotta, we gotta build up our faith. We gotta stir up our faith a little bit. We got faith as a muscle. We gotta, we gotta work it out a little bit, strengthen it and build it. So we're talking about legendary faith and we're looking at it through the lens of some legendary stories of the Bible. Some kind of epic stories, these, these famous characters in scripture. Last week we talked about Gideon. Has anybody here last week enjoy that word on Gideon? Come on. We, uh, this week we're gonna talk about a guy named Abram. You may know him as Abraham but this is before he got his name changed. Uh, we're gonna talk about Abram today. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I'm gonna start reading in verse five. We're gonna be through several different scriptures today. So why don't you just park yourself in Genesis 15 and then you can look, turn your attention to the screens for the other scriptures. But Genesis chapter 15, start reading in verse five. If you're there, say there. All right, some of you, I'll wait. Have nothing but time. All right, one more time. Genesis chapter 15, verse five. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Verse six, and Abram believed the Lord. And here we see a shift in Abram because if you read Genesis 12, 13, and 14, we don't see this. In the previous three passages, the previous three chapters, we see that, that Abram had a relationship with God, but this is something different. This is, this is Hebrews 11, 6, because there's, there's something different in believing in God and believing God. 
And I think there's a lot of people in church today. I, th- I think we've got a lot of people who, I think they love God, like believe in God, but maybe not believe God. And, and there's a difference because Hebrews 11.6, Hebrews 11.6 says that one who comes to God must believe in him and believe that he is a rewarder. So, so you've got to believe in God and believe God. And Abram makes this shift and says, okay, I believe you. Genesis 16, two, I wanna jump over there real quick. One chapter over says, so Sarai, this is his wife, said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram, 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 you dirty dog. He, uh, the Bible says that he agreed with Sarai's proposal. Let me, let me just talk to the husbands real quick. No, okay, no. Like there's, there's some, somebody saying, I got my verse. No, you didn't, okay? There's some things in scripture that happened and just because, they, thank you so much, just because they happened and they are true does not mean they are God, okay? Does not mean that that is God's plan. So, so Abram, Abram agrees to, his, to her proposal. Okay, so God says, God says, get out of the tent and look up. Get, get out of your tent, look up. I wanna read one more passage, Habakkuk chapter two. Habakkuk chapter two, starting in verse two says this, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, I wanna talk to somebody who, who the vision you have for your life the dreams that you've had, the plans that you had to just seem slow. It seems slow. I wanna tell you what Habakkuk says. He says, wait for it. Come on, touch your neighbor, tell him, wait for it. Come on, turn to your second choice. First on the other side, for whatever reason, don't know why they were your second choice, but you just tell them, wait for it. Say, wait for it. Come on, wait for it, church. Wait for it. The dream that you had, I know it seems slow. I know the plan is slow. I know it's not, hasn't happened yet, but wait for it. Don't give up. Don't quit. I wanna stir up your faith today. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Wait for it. Come on, woman of God, wait for a man of God. You started out, you're like, I, I, I want a man who carries his cross. Now you're like, I'll settle for a man that's got a tattoo of a cross. I don't care. Like, just give me some. I, Wait for it. Come on, say, wait for it. I want to talk to you today from this subject, waiting game, waiting game. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, we ask you to meet us right here. Do what only you can do. Throw your weight around the room. Change hearts, change minds, open eyes to see you for who you are and what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever been on a trip that took longer than you expected? Come on, long time. I I took my family on a canoe trip one time and uh, uh, we decided that we're, this is in Alabama, we're gonna go on this canoe trip and it's gonna be amazing and we're gonna bond and it's just gonna, we're gonna walk just loving each other more 
than ever. And we go on this trip and it's, we only had two kids at the time. We have three now, but had two boys and, and we get our two boys together and, and we had two dogs. So we get our dogs together and, and I'm not the most outdoorsy person, but I like outdoor stuff like gear. Like I, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like a man, right? Like, like, so I have all this stuff. I don't know how it works or what to do with it, but I have it and I wanna take it with me when we do stuff like that. Just in, just in case, just in case, just in case there's a need and someone who knows how to use it. So just in, just in case. And so we had all this gear, like all this. This is like an, it's like an hour trip, right? This, like when we get in, it's like an hour down the river. That's, that's it. And uh, we load our, all this stuff up and we get, we decide we're gonna get one canoe. You know, it's family bonding time. We're gonna get one canoe. And we are the, the last canoe trip they let, they let out, this kind of guide thing. Uh, it's the last canoe trip they, they let us out. And so we get in the canoe and we're going. And it's great, y'all. It's, it's beautiful. We're laughing. We're having, I'm teaching the kids like how to row. It's great. For about, uh, I mean, a solid like 15 minutes. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And and about 15 minutes into this, we hit our first little bit of white water. Now this is not anything like, it's not like category four, class four rapids. It's just, it's, it's a, little bit of, a little bit of white water, and, which is not a big deal. Except when we hit it, we started to uh, kind of drift over to the side towards the bank. Again, not a big deal. We can, we can get through this, right? I'm Bear grills. I got my gear, we're good. So we're, we're, we start to drift. The only issue there is that there's this low-hanging branch, like these, all, all these branches that are hanging down, like touching the water, and, uh, and we start to brush up under. So we're trying to like lift the branches up as we come under, which wouldn't have been a big deal. We got four people in the, in the boat. We can get it up and get under. The only issue with that was there was like an entire population of spiders that lived in these branches and they began to just fall all, it was like rain just falling all over our boat. It's not a big deal, I'm good, don't worry about spiders, bugs don't bother me, but I have kids and they are freaking out. And how many of you know, a canoe is not the most stable environment? And we start to rock and shake and then all of a sudden we turn sideways and we flip over, get in the water, I mean, me being like Bear grills, I'm like in survival mode. I'm like dad of the year right now. So I grab the important stuff. I get my phone. I get the food. <laughs> Kayla gets the kids, right? Like she, she got the kids and the dogs, all of them. And I was like, has anybody seen my phone? Anybody? Right? And we make our way over to the bank. We get on the bank. The, the, the river slams the canoe into the side of the bank and it's sideways. And so it's just filling up with water constantly, just constantly filling up. And because we're in the middle of this rapid and, uh, and we are sitting on the bank just wondering like, what are we, what are we gonna do? We're the last ones coming down here. Like, what, what are we gonna do? Um, it wouldn't been a big deal. Again, this was about an hour long trip that it was supposed to take. And we just found ourselves five hours later, still sitting on the bank of this river trapped. There's this huge, like we're in this ravine. There's these, these steep hills that like it's, it's hard to climb out of. It's hard to get out of. And we, we just assume like, all right, I can, I can lift it. And I try to lift the canoe. I can't, I can't lift it. A little bit passes. I don't know what it is in my mind. Thinks I can lift it now. I try to go, I can't, I can't lift it. We're all trying to lift it. My wife, when she tells this story, she won't leave out the fact that 
Right after it happened, some kayakers came by and asked if we needed help. But of course, I'm Bear Grylls. Said, no, I'm good. We got this. No big deal. And, uh, and let them go. And they were the last people that we saw for hours and hours and hours. So finally, we have to like, like trek out of this, this ravine. We're climbing up. We're holding on to branches. We're sliding back down. We're like, it's, it's, really, it's difficult. It's really difficult. We're climbing up. Finally, we get up to the top and we're looking around. We're in the middle of the woods. There's nowhere around. This is, this is the middle of the woods in Alabama. There's just, there's nothing around, okay? So we're, we're looking, like we finally, we hike up about a mile and we find some power lines. Like, okay, well, there's the road. So, so then we get over to the, the clearing and we're on the interstate. And so I have to, I leave my family there. I cross over the interstate. I hike about a mile back to where the office was that we put, you know, paid for this trip and put our, uh, parked our car. And I just walk in. It's like, hey guys, there's a canoe somewhere down there. Y'all need to go find it. Deuces, I'm out. And I get the car. I go pick up my family and we drive back home dead silent. No one says a word. Like the rest of the night, we just try to block it out of our mind. But have you ever had something take a little longer than you expected? And Abram, we find old Abram in Genesis 15, and he is in a situation where what he expected God to do for him has taken a lot longer than he expected. Abram finds himself with promises from God. Starting in Genesis 12, promises from God. And they've taken a lot longer, a lot longer than he expected. Have you ever been there? Maybe you got a word from God. Maybe you had a dream. Maybe, maybe it was to start that business. Maybe it was that you're gonna have that family. Maybe, maybe it was that you're gonna graduate with that degree or get that job. And it's just taken a lot longer than expected. What, what do you do when the promises of God for your life, the dreams that you have, what do you do when at best they seem unfulfilled? <laughs> Jesus. What do you do? What do you do when the promises of God seem at best unfulfilled? I want to talk to us today. I want to encourage us. I want to stir up our faith. I believe there's some handles we can get from Abram on how we can address and handle the waiting game. Everybody say waiting game. There is something that happens when what you're expecting from God is different than what you're experiencing. Come on, have you, you ever been there where what you're expecting doesn't match what you're experiencing? And how many of you know frustration sets in? I think we got a lot of Christians in the church today who are frustrated because what you were believing God for and expecting hasn't happened yet. And so the gap between expectation and experience is frustration. It's frustration. I wanna to talk to us about how, how to wait. God comes to Abram. I didn't read this earlier. I wanna read this now. Genesis chapter 15, the very first part of the chapter says this, after these things, God comes to Abram and says, Abram, do not be afraid for I will protect you and your reward will be great. One translation says, Abram, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Basically, Abram, God tells Abram, hey, 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 Abram, I'm going to give you me. I'm, I'm your promise. I'm going to give, I am your reward. 
And look what Abram says in verse two. says, but Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings? What good are all your blessings? I don't even have a son. Why is Abram so upset, upset with God? Well, the answer is in that first part of verse one. It says, after these things, after what things? After some scholars believe two decades worth of promises from God that have gone unfulfilled. Genesis 12, God calls Abram, says, hey, go, I'm gonna give you the land that I show you. He's in Shechem, he says, look at all this, I'm gonna give all this to you, I'm gonna make your name great, make you the father of many nations. We see him when Lot, and when he and his nephew Lot decide to part ways, he says, look, as far as your eye can see, I'm gonna give it to you. And then we find Genesis 15, Abram has spent years and years believing God, believing in God, but waiting for the promise of God, hoping that it's gonna to come to pass, hoping that his, his time is finally gonna come, that the dream's gonna come true, that he's finally gonna be this thing that God called him to be, and nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. How many church services you been to? How many times you've been in a church service like this and, 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 and the preacher talks about all the promises that God has for you, all the blessings he wants to give you, all the, the life, the more that there is for you. And how many times can we be like Abram sometimes where, where we've been holding on and holding on and holding on, but then we get ourselves to a point where we just settle for a consolation version of God's plan for us. Abram finds himself in Genesis 15 and he says, God, what good are all your blessings? I'm just gonna hold on for this one thing. I just, just give me a son. Just give me a son. I wanna encourage those of you today who may have had a dream at one time, that may have had a vision for your life at one time, but now you have resolved to just settle for less than God's best for you. I wanna encourage you today to hold on, to wait for it to wait a little longer, wait a little longer. Don't give up. Don't get yourself in the mindset of Abram there where he just says, God, what, what good are all your blessings? I just, I don't even, I don't even have a son. I just need just this one, just this one thing. I want to give you some tools today. Are you ready? How to wait for God. Number one, you got to get out of your tent. You gotta get out of your tent. Abram is in his tent complaining about what has not happened. Now, I'm not judging him. I'm not judging him. In Genesis 12, God promises Abraham all these things. Now we're here decades later, nothing's happened. And he's in his tent saying, God, where is it? God, you said it. It hasn't happened yet. I'm not judging Abram. I'm, I'm not even judging Sarai for finally saying like, I'm, I'm done trying. I understand disappointment. I understand disappointment. But, but if we're not careful, the enemy would love to talk to you when I start talking about faith and that God's got more for you. The enemy would love to try to tell you, hey, you've heard this before. You've experienced this before. Like you've been to sermons and you've heard sermons where they've talked about this before and your last pastor said this and, 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 and you know that talk is cheap. Where is it, God? 
Why don't I have it yet? Why haven't I experienced it yet? Why am I not free yet? Why, why has my son or my daughter not come home yet? Why is my marriage not fixed yet? Why am I not out of debt yet? Why am I not walking in the blessings that they claim you have for me? Why do I not have it yet? I don't blame you. I don't blame Abram. But there's something Abram was doing that we find ourselves doing so often. We are stuck in the tent. This happens like this. Let me show you. This is heavy, guys. I just like, thank you. I got one, one clap for that. Awesome. We see Abram, he's, he's in his tent. He, he's in his tent and he's saying, God, God wants to bless him. God wants to give him given promise, and he, he actually tells Abram probably the greatest promise of all, I'm, I'm gonna give you me. We'll come back to that in a second, but, but Abram says something. I would encourage you never, never to tell God, never use this word. Abram says, look. <laughs> As if God is not the ultimate looker. <laughs> and Abram says, God, look. Look at my situation. Look, God, he, God, look. They gave me some light for this for you. Oh, God, look. Look, look at what I'm experiencing. Look at my situation, God, look. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves where we are stuck in our limited context. We're stuck in our limited experience. We're stuck in our limited perspective. And we're telling God, even when he's telling us there's more, even when he's telling us to dream again, to believe again, we find ourselves stuck in a tent saying, God, look. Some of you, your, your tents look different than others. Because for some of you, God's calling you to believe him for something new. He's calling you to believe him for something fresh. He's calling you to step out in faith and you're stuck in your tent of not enough. I, I, don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough talents. Some of you, you're stuck in the tent of your past. You, it's 2022, but your mind is in 07. It's 2022, but your purity is in 08. It's 2022, but, but your mind's in 98. You're stuck in the past. You're a tent of regret, the tent of shame. Some of you, you're stuck in the tent of bitterness. I wanna get free, but I'm still so mad. Some of you, it's the tent of family history. I wanna have a relationship with God, but I've never seen it. I never saw dad do it. I never saw mom do it. You're stuck in the tent, your tent of limitation. All you know is limitation. All I know is divorce. All I know is alcoholism. All I know is substance abuse. All I know is anger. All I know is prejudice. I've never gotten out of here before. I know what you're saying, Trey, and I, I, I like it, like, but, but I'm stuck. Stuck in old thinking patterns. Stuck in addiction. I don't like that I'm hiding this from my family, but, but I'm stuck. 
I have a promise, but where I am looks nothing like what God told me. I have a promise from God. I believe that there's more, but, but what I'm currently experiencing looks nothing like what God has called me to do. And if you're there today, can I just encourage you that you're in good company? You're in good company because God tells Abram, here's what he said, he tells him, you, you, gotta, you gotta get out of the tent. You, you, you gotta get out of the tent. You gotta, you gotta get out of your, your current condition. You gotta get out of only focusing on what your current circumstance is. You gotta get out of looking at your limitation. You gotta get out of looking at your lack. You gotta get out of looking at what you don't have. You gotta get out of what you have always seen. If you don't get out of the tent, what could be will turn into what has always been. If you don't get out of the tent, get out of the tent. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, get out of the tent. I'm getting out of the tent. Getting out of the tent. I'm getting out of the tent. Because the tent's lying to you. The tent's lying to you. Small is lying to you. Limited context is lying to you. Limited perspective, smaller point of view is lying, lying to you. The tent makes you say things like Sarah I said, who said, he said, the Lord is preventing me. No, the Lord's not. The tent will make you say things like, just, just, we'll just have a baby through, through Hagar, my assistant. No, God's not in that. You gotta get out of the tent. But when you're stuck in small for so long, when you're stuck in not yet for so long, when you're stuck in unfulfilled for so long, how many of you know what starts to mess with you? That's, that's, that's why we sing songs. That's why we sing songs so uplifting and so upward focused, like, like you turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn mourning to dancing. Why? Because we believe it? Yeah. Because we're worshiping? Yeah. But it's also because we gotta get you to think different. We gotta get you to, to change the way you think. We gotta get you to change the, your perspective, change your, your, your vision. We gotta get you to, to see things bigger than what they currently are. You gotta get out of the tent because we could be a church for tent dwellers. And there's a lot of churches like that and a lot of people that like that because they just tell you, they just talk to you at your level of experience and they just want you to stay right there in your tent and just say, oh, I know it's bad. Oh, the government, the economy. Oh, but God knows we're gonna make it to the other side one day. And there's people that love that and love that, but they will keep you in your tent. They will keep you right where you are. And God is saying, you gotta get out of the tent. You gotta get out of the tent. I need you to get out. I need you to break out. Break out today. So number one, you gotta get out of your tent. God says, get out of the tent and look up. Count, count the stars. Count the stars. Stop complaining and start counting. Stop, stop complaining about your current situation, your current experience, and start counting. Start believing God for more. Notice, notice what God tells Abram. I want to give you the, the second point. Get out of your tent. Number two, fix your focus. Fix your focus. God tells Abram, you don't have a single kid. 
count the stars, that's how many you're going to have. Those are two totally different things. <laughs> I don't have any kids, and you're telling me to think about having all them kids? Some of you are like, oh, Jesus, just give me one. I don't want that many. Just... God could have told Abram, hey, hey, Abram, count those trees over there. Pretty trees, happy trees. That's Bob Ross, everybody. I said I wasn't gonna do it second service. It died on the first service. Nobody got it. I did it again. I took a risk. I stepped out in faith and nobody laughed. It's okay. It's okay. He could have said, count the trees. Ah, there's probably about ah, 400 or so trees there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. He could have said, hey, Abram, count the tents and the houses that you see. That's what I'm going to give you. But he, he doesn't. He says, count the stars. Why? Because, because Abram could have wrapped his mind around the trees. Abram could have wrapped his mind around the tents. Abram could have said, all right, for, yeah, I could probably make that happen. I could do that. But God's trying to say, no, 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 I got to get you out of your way of thinking. And I got to get you to start depending on me. I need you to look at something the way, so that it's something only I could do for you. I need you to look at the stars, fix your focus, stop focusing on what you can make happen and focus on what God is telling you to do. Fix your focus, change your way of thinking. You gotta, you gotta get out of this tent dwelling mindset. You've gotta get out of smallness. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop thinking small, start thinking big. That's faith. Philippians 4.8 says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things. Stop thinking about the negative things. Stop thinking about what you don't have. Stop thinking about what you're currently experiencing. Stop thinking about your lack or your negativity. We gotta get out of stinking thinking. Come on, somebody. We, we, gotta, stop. we gotta stop thinking wrong and start thinking with faith. Start thinking with faith. Get out of small and think better. Think better. Ephesians 3.20. I love this verse that says, now to him, this is our God who's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is your God. He is an awesome God. He is a God that never runs out. He, is, wants, he wants to do more in your life. And I know his word doesn't look like your world right now, but if you could just start counting stars, then God can move in your life. If you just start counting, counting stars, look up, look up, start counting, counting stars. Lastly, as the team starts to make their way, their way here, not only have you got to get out of the tent, not only do you have to Fix your focus. But number three, you gotta trust God's timing. Husbands in the room, how many of you know your wife's five minutes and your five minutes are not the same? I just need five minutes. I'll go sit down. God's five minutes and your five minutes are not the same. 
You gotta trust God's timing. So often what happens is that we get a vision from God. We, we get a dream in our heart. We get faith to like, so that there's something God wants to do in me. There's something he wants me to do. He's something he wants to do for me or in me. And, and, and we think that faith means immediate action. Can I, can I just tell you this? Um, sometimes faith isn't stepping out from where you are, but it's sticking it out where you are. I'm gonna say that again. You can respond better this time. Sometimes faith isn't stepping out from where you are. It's sticking it out where you are. Y'all know the story of Peter walking on the water? Like we preach this sometimes. That like Peter like has this amazing faith because he told God, hey, let me come out there and step out on the water. Can I just tell you, Peter was never meant to walk on the water. God told him, get in the boat, go to the other side. Get in the boat, go to the other side. But a storm happened, something threw him off, something messed with him. The, the scripture says that they were buffeted by the wind and the waves. That means they were tormented and, got, and Peter sees Jesus walking on the waters like, that's a lot easier. You're making that look really easy. Let me come out there. Sometimes faith is not stepping out, it's sticking it out. Sometimes faith is waiting on God. You don't want to rush God. There's nothing worse than getting the right thing at the wrong time. Don't rush it. Don't rush the dream. Don't rush the promise. Don't rush the vision. Wait for it. Somebody say, wait for it. You know what would happen is Abram has a baby boy with Sarai's assistant, Hagar. His name is Ishmael. Later, the promise would finally come true. He would have a boy with Sarai, uh, and he named him Isaac. And here's something that you need to know, that so much of the strife and turmoil, Scripture says that with Ishmael, that everybody's gonna be against him and he's gonna be against everybody. And so much of the strife and turmoil we have experienced over the centuries in the Middle East has been the descendants of Ishmael fighting with the descendants of Isaac. So here's what I want you to get. Ishmael was a decision. Isaac was a promise. And when you choose not to wait on God, your decisions will always fight against the promise. When you choose not to wait on God, your decisions will always fight against the promises of God for your life. One is a process called faith, and one's a momentary decision. Have you ever played this game with your kids where you got like two pictures, and like one, one of these is not like the other? Like they're just, they're similar, but one's just a little different. And here's what the devil loves to do in the middle of your waiting. He wants to give you a picture and he wants to say, it's, it's not everything God promised you, but it's easier. It's not everything God promised that he would do in your life, but it's faster. And you're gonna have to make the choice of faith to wait 
or do I make it happen on my, on my own? Why can't God just do it right now? Why can't God just make it happen now? Because he knows you're not ready for it now. Look at what God tells the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 23, verse 30. Exodus chapter 23, verse 30. So he looks, he says, I'm gonna give you the land that I promised you. But how is he gonna do it? What's it start with? Little by little. Little by little. I will drive them out before you. It's not gonna happen at once. It's gonna happen little by little. And we don't like little by little. No, we we don't like little by little. But the Bible says, God is saying, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you the promise. I'm gonna make it happen little by little. Throw that verse back up on the screen because it says, until you have increased, until you have increased enough to possess the land. So why isn't God doing it now? Because he's building you up. He's working out the muscles. He's building your faith. He's building you with the ability to withstand what's gonna come your way. He says, it's gonna be little by little. If I gave it to you big by big, you wouldn't be able to handle the giants that were gonna come your way. You wouldn't be able to handle the enemy that you were gonna have to fight. If I gave it to you all at once, it would crush you. So I'm gonna give it to you little by little. Last week we were, um, a couple weeks ago, we were at the high school surf camp and I preached the first night. And uh, my wife had taken our kids to our room and because um, it was going late, it was awesome. God was moving, it was amazing. And then, and then she came back to pick me up and we're hanging out. She gets out of the car, get all the kids out of the car and she's just got it in park right there, just on the street. And we're just, we're just hanging out talking. Uh, we're just hanging right next to the car. Uh, we finally decide uh, we're gonna put Jensen because he's going crazy. If y'all don't know Jensen, he's my two-year-old. He needs Jesus. He's just, he's just crazy. And, uh, and so we put him in the front seat just to stand there with the window rolled down. We're just hanging out, just talking and laughing and talking about all that God did. And, and then uh, Jensen, my two-year-old, he, he calls Cadence Norman, Pastor Chris's uh, youngest daughter, call, calls her Katie. And he said, um, Katie, you won't go for a drive? And then all of a sudden, somehow, he gets this car in drive and starts to go down the road. Now it's okay, it was going slow. We all ran, we jumped on the car, we we're hanging inside the window and, and he is just having a great time. And Pastor Chris like runs around the side of the car and gets in and puts on the brake and all that, it was, just, it was crazy. How many of you know that as much as my two-year-old wants to drive, he ain't ready. He ain't ready. And it would be abuse for me to, give the keys to my two-year-old and say, hey, you wanna drive us to church today? That's how God is with the promises that he has for you. Sometimes God is saying, I've got this plan for you, but I need to give it to you little by little. I know you want it right now, 
But if you just trust me, if you'll just wait on me, if you'll just wait for it, you'll start to build up your muscles. You'll start to build up your faith so that when the time comes, you're able to withstand all that I want to give you. Little by little. We don't like that. We don't like little by little. We, we want glory to glory. Strength to strength. I heard, one, I heard one preacher say that they mistranslated that, that phrase, glory to glory. It's actually supposed to be glory to glory. We want strength to strength, faith to faith. God says, no, 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 that's not how I work. I work little by little. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't stop moving, don't stop walking, don't stop believing, don't stop pursuing, don't stop praying, don't stop getting in your word, don't stop coming to church, keep leaning in, little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little, and pretty soon, little becomes much in God's hands. I wanna close with this statement. God's process is always slower than I want, but it's always better than I could imagine. And I don't know if you came into church this morning with a dead dream, dead faith, maybe dead's the wrong word. What about tired? Tired faith, tired of waiting. tired of waking up every day and nothing's changed. Tired of fighting, tired of worrying, tired of stressing, tired of, can I just encourage you today that when you wait on God, waiting's not fun. Waiting feels like work sometimes, but have you know that waiting works. And if you'll allow him, if you'll, if you'll get out of the tent of your current circumstance, if you'll get out of the tent of your limited perspective, if you'll get out of the tent of whatever's holding you back. I love what Hebrews 12 says, that we're gonna throw off everything that's hindering us, every weight, every sin that entangles us. We're gonna throw it off so that we can run. If you'll get out of the tent and if you'll start lifting your eyes, look up, count the stars and then trust God's timing. He will show up every single time. I love what the old preacher, he said, he said, God's rarely early, but he's always on time. And he will show up in your life every single time. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on